You're listening to a live recording from one of our midweek services here at Cornerstone Church in Salisbury, North Carolina. We want to thank you so much for tuning in. We believe this message will be a blessing to your life. In this installment of our series, Who is God? Pastor Brandon Sparker will be continuing to teach us about Jesus, our provider. We hope you're ready for this life-changing message. It's time to come into a greater understanding of who God is. Well, are you ready for the word tonight? Awesome. We're going to continue on Jesus, our provider, part two tonight. And uh, we'll start out in Psalms 8411 here. And uh, how many of you were blessed by last week? Awesome. Three of you. Fantastic. Doing great tonight. Well, Ashley, Cindy's not here tonight. Are you? You sure? Okay. All right. Who's the next best thing around here? Oh, you'll stand in for her. You look like you've been riding a Harley Davidson with that hairdo here tonight. <laughs> yeah. Praise the Lord. Good. Psalms 8411, when you're there, say amen. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord God will give grace and glory. No good thing will be with what? Withhold from them that walk up rightly. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword going where no knife can go in the hearts of individuals. Let my tongue be the tongue of a ready writer, ready to inscribe this upon their hearts. Lord, touch them in a powerful way, and we promise to give you all the praise for everything you have done, everything you're doing tonight, and everything you're about to do in the future. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. One more thing I forgot to announce. When you leave tonight, we'll be taking communion on Friday with our Good, uh, Good Friday virtual service. The ushers will be giving you these after you leave tonight, as you're leaving tonight, for you to sit around with your family and take communion with us. Amen? There you go. All right. Let's read that one more time here. Just the bottom part here. No good thing will, will he... Withhold from them that walk, what? Uprightly. You know, as I began to really do this study on who is God, and I had to really do some studying through these last few months as we've been working on this. And one of the things I realized is that nobody is really more misunderstood than God. (laughs) Did you hear what I said? I've never found anybody more misunderstood than than God. And it's crazy because a lot of people believe that God is a spiritual force high up in the heavens, or some people would say, oh, God is just a man upstairs. But he's not just a man upstairs. The Bible says, no, ye not, ye are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So people have this misconception that God is somewhere high in the sky when really he's on the inside of those who have called upon his name, been baptized in his name, and saved. Can you say amen to that? So we have to, full, we have to fully understand that God loves you. He has a plan for your life. He's not far away from you, but the Bible says he's near what to the brokenhearted. Can you say amen? Go to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 in the King James Bible here, and we'll read this. 
For we have not a high priest which, we cannot, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. So we have to fully understand that God is touched by our feelings and by our infirmities. He said the sick need a physician, not the healthy. So God is concerned about you. He cares about you. He's got a plan for your life. Even after everything you've done or committed, it doesn't change his mind of how he feels about you. The Bible actually says that no man can pluck you out of the hands of God. The only, there's nothing that can separate you from his love and for his plan that he has for your life. Say amen to that. Amen. Then we read here in, in uh, Hebrews verse 16 there, Hebrews 4, 16. He says, I'm moved by your affirmities, but there also therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that ye might obtain mercy and find grace, what? In the time of need. So you have to understand that God is sensitive to what you are going through. He knows your need. A lot of people, when they pray, they just beg, 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 like God's got short-term memory loss. Like he doesn't know what you're going through and he doesn't know what you're experiencing and he doesn't know the depression you're fighting. He, do, he does. He's moved by it. He cares for you. He has a plan and until you realize how much he cares about you, you'll never look at him as your source or your provision, not just financially, but in every area of your life. I don't know about you, but I've messed up a few times in my life. And I am so grateful that there is a God who looks beyond my faults, looks beyond my shame, looks beyond my guilt, looks beyond and says, I am moved by what you are going through in your life, and I've got a plan to get you out of it. You should shout right there. He loves you that much. He loves you that much. He came in the flesh and defeated death, hell, and the grave so that you could experience eternal life. But he didn't just stop there at the cross or the tomb. He said, let me go even further than that. I've secured, I've wiped out your past, present, and your future. So he's moved. Can you say amen? He's moved by his creation. He's moved by what you're going through. So you have to have the sensitivity to know, though, when you need him. That's good right there. I said you have to have the sensitivity to know when you need him. It takes humility to pursue his mercy. A lot of us are in a situation, but we're not pursuing the Lord or going after the Lord with the right heart. We're full of pride and unforgiveness and bitterness, and we're full of offenses, and yet we want, we want him to do something. But remember, he said, I'll withhold no good thing for those who what? walk uprightly. When you're walking uprightly, you're walking in humility. You, gotta, you have to 
yield yourself completely over to the Lord in every area of your life. When you think you've yielded, you got to take it another level. When you think you've surrendered, you hadn't surrendered all of it. There's something in there. Did you hear what I said? There, there's something in there. When you think, oh, well, I've given, you know, because we create this attitude, well, we give our heart to Jesus, we get baptized, and that's it. That's all we need him for. He washed our sins away, everything. No, but you need him every day. Have you tried to go to Walmart and Salisbury? Bless God, you need Jesus. My Lord. You got to speak in tongues the whole time you're walking through Walmart. Are you the new preacher? Yeah, yeah, that's me. Yeah, no, it's not enough. But you, you, you think, but you need the Lord every day. But you have to identify, you have to know that he cares for you, but you also have to know how much you need him. A lot of us are in the mask, not because the devil did it, but because we failed to walk in humility of totally relying on the Lord and then want to blame the devil. And I'm convinced the devil stands up before the Lord sometimes and says, I promise I didn't do it to him this time. Please don't punish me. It was them. Sometimes I want to say, come out of that devil, you know. Because it's really just bad choices. They were laughing at me the other day at staff meeting because I prayed, God, let people make good choices. And they were laughing at me, but they were like, Pastor, you, you're, actually, you're right. Let people make good choices. Let them walk in humility, totally knowing that they need to rely on the Lord for everything. We talked about it last week. Your boss is not your source. God, God, the blessing and the provision comes from the Lord, but through people. Through people. So your boss is not your source. Your job is not your source. People are not your source of peace. How many of you know that's true right there? They are not your source of peace. You're trying to find peace in somebody else instead of trying to find it from the Lord. And then you walk in disappointment because you are, you are believing that people around you are your source when nobody around you is your source. Your God that lives on the inside of you is your source. How many have struggled with disappointment before? You know, the number one killer for preachers is disappointment. Disappointment in people. It wipes out more preachers on Monday morning than any other thing. Disappointment and discouragement. Why? Well, a lot of times it's because we look to other people to be our source instead of God. That if it doesn't come that way, God will raise somebody else up. To provide for what is needed. Can you say amen to that? It's the same thing, you know, with serving. We have like 74 people signed up to serve on Saturday. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? You know, but we don't beg for people to serve. Because we're not in need. 
Because God is our source. When other people won't rise up, he'll raise somebody else up to give them the blessing. Amen. That's good right there, ain't it? Now listen to this. I've heard several ministers say this. I thought it was pretty interesting. It's always been in my back of my head that they say that 20% of what Jesus talked about in the Gospels concern finances, Dr. Obi. 20%. I've asked myself, why does 20% of what he talked about have to do with finances? And then it was like, you just click with me, because he cares. He cares about you. That's why he talks about it. Because he cares about you. And until you allow the perception in your mind to be flipped that he's your source and he cares about you, you'll, ha- you'll always have an issue when the topic comes up. Amen. Amen. He cares. He cares. Why? Because he cares about your family. Cares about you. Cares about your children's future. Cares about their education. Cares about the life they're going to live. He cares about you. Look at somebody and tell me he cares about you. Because he cares about you, he also wants to make sure you have enough finances to take care of yourself, but also take care of the people you love. Broke can't help nobody. Because broke needs a ride. Broke hangs out after church waiting for somebody to invite them out to lunch because they ain't got no money to go to lunch. Broke can't, you can't provide for your family if you're broke. How many of you know that? Just common sense. But the Lord loves you and cares about you so much. He wants to be your source and he wants to provide for you, for your family. And he wants the plans and purposes of God to move forward in your life. Go to 1 Timothy 5.8. God Wants you to have enough finances to provide everything for your loved ones and for their success. Listen to this. But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he has denied what? The faith and is worse than an infidel. But how are you going to provide for your family If the Lord is not your source. You putting that together there? So how are you going to secure your children's future? The Bible says a man who doesn't leave an inheritance for his kid has not fulfilled the plans of God for... How are you going to do that? Somebody goes, well, I'm too old. It's too... No, it ain't too late. When God's your source, he can turn it around in a matter of a minute. Because when you start making him your, him your source now, he picks up and God doesn't just take care of the future. He'll also make sure you get a back return. All right, I got three claps and one amen there. Somebody is going to get a revelation and God's going to give everything back that was taken from you, that, was mis- that they owed you. 
God's going to put it back in your hand. It might not come directly from that source, but he will make it up in other avenues. Why? Because he's your source. He's your source. The Lord will provide. Can you say amen to that? I'm I'm, going to go off track here for a minute because I feel this. There was this lady, and uh, she was a house cleaner. She'd go around cleaning houses, and uh, she had a little private business, and Latina lady, and uh, she had grew up in a Pentecostal home and church all her life, and uh, she was, of course, you know, when you own your own business and, you know, concerning taxes and all that, and you're just a simple person, you're not complicated, you're just trying to make a living, you know, and do your thing, and Next thing you know, she gets a letter from the IRS and she owes like sixty, seventy thousand dollars in back taxes uh, for several years. And they audit her. They're like, they like audited this little lady. I've been through an audit before. Lord have mercy. Wouldn't even, it wasn't me that was under audit, it was somebody else, but I went through it with them, and it was the worst week of my life. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> I'm telling you, I was like a bulldog. You said something to me, I'd snap at you quick. I mean, I was mad at everybody. And, uh, and uh, so, went through it, this, and... Uh, so they invite her down to the IRS building. She goes down there, and you know, it feels like a prison anyways when you walk in there. And they go down there, and the guy he's sitting there talking to her, he goes, now how are you going to pay this? How are you going to work out a payment plan? Because you're going to not only pay the tax, you're going to pay interest on it too. You know, how, how are you going to work this out? And uh, he, uh, she goes, says, she says to him, the Lord will provide <laughs> He said, lady, I don't think you understand what I'm saying here. If you don't pay your taxes, you can be locked up in prison. You got, he goes, so what kind of payment plan? She goes, no, the Lord will provide. So he, he, uh, she leaves and the guy, he's frustrated and mad and he goes to his boss. He said, this lady is off a rocker. She's crazy. He said, she is absolutely nuts. Every time I say something to her, she says to me, the Lord will provide. And uh, so the, the, uh, the guy, the supervisor, will call her back up here. I'll talk to her. So he, you know, they invite her back and the first guy's talking to her and she's saying the same thing. The Lord will provide. He goes, lady, my boss is coming in here and you are about to be in big trouble. The boss is listening on the outside of the door. The guy inside doesn't know that his father was a Pentecostal pastor. So he hears them. The Lord, she's saying again, the Lord will provide. He walks in, he says to the man, he goes, "Uh, you can leave, I'll, I'll take care of it. He sits down with her and he said, "Um, I see you're a woman of faith. She said, that's right. She said, the Lord is my source. He said, "Um, 
well, don't worry about any of this here today. I'm the son of a Pentecostal pastor, and the Lord provided for you today. She got a letter that she owed zero in taxes from the IRS. But she had to keep confessing it and keep believing it and keep speaking it and keep declaring it. That's why you, you, what, most people panic when money gets tight. You don't panic. You start declaring and start speaking. If you're panicking, it's because you're looking unto yourself as your own source. Did you hear what? You're looking. You don't panic. You're, you're a child of God. He's going to take care of his children. You don't panic when things get tight. You declare the word that my God owns a cattle of a thousand hills. If he's got to sell a few to take care of me, he is the president, Pam, of First National Bank of Heaven. He's your provider. He's your children's provider. There's some mothers in here. You're worried about your children's financial security. But when you make the Lord your source, he'll not only work for you, but he'll work on their behalf too. Can you say amen to that? So God wants you to have enough finances. He wants you to have enough finances uh, to sow into the lives of his people. Not just in church. He wants you to sow into everywhere. He wants you to go around and be a blessing. But you cannot sow into others if you don't have it. Amen? But when the Lord is your source, you'll always have it. Because he said, I'll give seed to the sower. Amen and bread to the eater. So the Lord says, if you have an intention to sow it because you recognize that I care and I'm your provision, you won't be stingy with what you have, but you'll release what you have because you know there's more where that came from. Can you say amen to that? He wants you to have enough to bring in, to bring in souls into the kingdom. Go to Romans 10, 15. Here, is this blessing you tonight? Yes, and how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. So how do people get sent? They get sent through the sowing of other believers. That's how the Lord sends them. He sends them through you. And when you fund the kingdom and you're sending people who are preaching the gospels, that just doesn't go on their heavenly account. It also goes to your heavenly account so that when you stand before the Lord, you'll have all these people that came in the kingdom because of your sowing and your giving. That's good right there, can you and, and again, let me say this. The Lord wants to provide enough finances also for you to pay your taxes and obligations. Matthew 22 and 21. He wants you to, somebody said, well, I'm believing for my, my tax bill to t- be taken care of. Trust me, I know. 
I know. You don't even want to know. But the Lord will provide. And they say unto him, Caesar, then saith he unto them, render unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's and render unto God the things that which are God's. So he wants you to have enough for that. That's great to know, isn't it? Go to Leviticus 27.30. He wants you to have enough finances to return the tithe, tithe back to the house that belongs to the work of God. And all the tithe of, of the land, whether it's seed of the land, nor the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy, what? Unto the Lord. God wants you to have enough finances to be a blessing to your children and to the people you love. Matthew 7, 11. That ain't the store either. That's, if ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more... Shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? <laughs> Woo! Pumps me up right there. It gets my tractor rolling. Because anything you thought was good that you gave, God's going to outdo it times a million. You feel that? He's going to times it by a million. Anytime you, the greatest thing you've ever given cannot match or even come close to what God wants to give you. But he says, you got to ask for it. And you're not going to ask if you don't believe he's your provider. Can you say amen to that? Now, li listen to this. God wants you to have enough finances too and provision to give to the poor. Proverbs 19, 19 uh, 17. But he that have pity upon the poor lendeth unto the Lord that which he hath given, he will pay him again. You can't, be, you can't be a blessing unless you're blessed. You can't give to the poor. How I many you know that's important? Sometimes I think we've created in a society and we're split on every, you know, divided on everything, but there. There is a principle that God blesses those who gives to others. Even people you don't know. Somebody said to me one time, you know, and this is just my opinion. This don't, don't get, calm down, okay? Just calm down. It's going to be okay. Somebody said to me, you know, we pay all these taxes and all, you know, these people are getting a free ride and everything. I said, I don't look at it that way at all. I look at it as I'm sowing seed into people's lives. I don't even know. I'm giving to people I don't even know. And they, it's touching their family and their kids and their everything. But God will make sure something gets back to my family. I'm not asking you to agree. I've just said my opinion. Can you say amen to that? Now, do I believe you work? We obviously know that if you don't work, the Bible says what? You don't eat. You shouldn't want a free ride. Because what? He who doesn't provide for his family is what? Considered an infidel. 
It ain't about a free ride. But my Lord, let's give a, let's give a hand up to people who are trying. Amen. Amen. Let's go Ecclesiastes 10.19. God wants you to have enough money to solve emergency problems and crises that arise. A feast is made for laughter and wine maketh merry, but money, what? All things. Answereth all things. God wants you to have the ability that when something traumatic happens, you don't have to stress and worry about it. He wants you to have enough so you can take care of that. Well, that's good right there. Can you say amen? Now listen to this. God will always reveal to you where your financial provisions are located. Go to 1 Kings 17, 3 and 4. Get thee hence and turn thee eastward and hide thyself in the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So God's showing him, look, this is where your provision. If, you, if I'm your source, he's showing the prophet, this is where your provision is. Now, think about this. The Lord loved him so much, he, he made birds. Birds, ravens, bring him flesh to eat. God is going to take you. There's this song out there. A friend wrote it. goes, flap, flap, flap. I hear the ravens coming. It's like a rap song with the silver and the gold. It, you know, it's kind of a rap, you know. But, but any, you know, anytime you start to feel the pressure of it, you should just start saying the ravens are coming. The ravens are coming. The Lord sends the provision for you. He didn't have no place to lay his head, no water to drink, and no food. But the Lord directed him and guided him. And God, if he is your source, he'll direct and guide you to where you need to go so you can get under the spout where the glory comes out and everything you need will be provided. Can you say amen? That's good right there. He gives instructions. Go to 1 Kings 17, 7 and 9 through 9 here. And it came to pass that after a while that the brook dried up. So there, God might provide provision there one day, but he might not want you to stay there. That's why you got to be sensitive. Okay. What was provision last year might not be provision for you this year. It might not be in the same place. So you got to have discernment. The brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Next verse. And the word of the Lord came saying, Arise and get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidion, and dwell there. Behold, I commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. I commanded a woman that's going to bake you a cake. That's what she did. I'm going to take care of you. When it looks, now look, he's got a chance to panic here, right? The brook's dried up. The birds stopped flapping. 
No, no more. There were, you couldn't hear them anymore. Everything had dried up. But don't think that the last big thing is the last best thing God is ever going to do for you. Did you hear what I said? Don't think that the last big thing is the last best thing. There's always one more card. All right, I'll go over to this church. I said, there's always one more play. There's always one more revelation. There's always one more. There's always one more. Because he's a God of more than enough. He never runs out or dry. Can you say amen? Go to Genesis 1.11, then we'll go to 20 and 22. So God commands everything he creates to multiply. Is this helping you tonight? And God said, let the earth bring forth grass and herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was what? So... Go to verse 20. And God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving, the creature have life and the fowl that they may fly above the earth in the open frame of heaven. Ferment of heaven. And God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the sea and let the fowl multiply, talking about the birds, in the earth. So we should multiply. Everything we put our hands to should multiply. Let me say this. How many of you ever tried to vacuum without it plugged in? Does it work? You ever tried it? You ever thought it was plugged in and you go to hit the button? Some of y'all don't vacuum. That's why. No. You're like, I got hardwood floors in my house. I'll use a Swifter. You ever ran out of the squirt stuff in the Swifter? What is that? I don't know what you call it, but the chemicals. Fabriosis. Chokes you out when you walk into a restaurant. You know, they never run out. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You can't get any power into the vacuum cleaner unless it's plugged into its source. As long as it's got electric into it, which electric is the source of how it runs. As long as it's plugged in, it can pick up stuff. How do you know gasoline or petrol is your source to run your car? Unless you got an electric car. But if you don't plug your electric car in, what happens? Ain't going nowhere. You don't put any gas in your car. What? You ain't going nowhere. So if, you're, if the Lord is not your source, you're not filling up the tank. You're not plugging the vacuum in. 
You're not filling up the fabriosis and the swifter. Or the bleach or whatever you use. You're not, you're not, you're not connected to it. So you could be going like this without it on. And then you're getting frustrated because you're sowing, you're giving, you're tending church, you're doing all the right things, but you're still looking as yourself as your source instead of the Lord as your source, your source of joy. Why am I still fighting with this depression and all? Because you're not plugged into your source of joy. You're not plugged into your peace. And by human nature, we'll plug ourselves in and then we'll plug ourselves out. We'll pull the plug out. We'll plug because we get far away from the plug in, the outlet. Or we plug in on Sunday and expect that to carry us out through the week. No, it uh. And then you're doing this all week. And then you get a little juice on Sunday. No, you got to stay plugged in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You got to stay plugged in to the source. Who is Jesus? Can you say amen? Now listen to this. That's not productive when you're vacuuming and you don't have it plugged in. It's productive when it's plugged in. So non-productivity always breeds frustration. Busyness breeds frustration. But when when you're plugged into the source, you're productive. Now listen to this. The Lord always rewards with more to those who are productive. Matthew 25, 23. And the Lord said to them, well done, thy good and what? Thou hast been faithful over what? I will make thee ruler over what? Many things. Enter into the joy... So the more you're plugged into the source, the more you're productive. My hand's going to be sore by the time. The more you've got the vacuum in, the more you're productive in getting the stuff off the floor. But if you unplug it, you're not productive. But if you can just stay plugged in, the Lord says, I'll increase your productivity And you'll become more productive. How many of you know when you're productive, you get a harvest? When you go to work, you get a harvest. But your job is not your source. The Lord is your source. So while the Lord is your source and you're plugged into your source on the job, he says, I'm going to reward your faithfulness and productivity. Somebody said to me Sunday morning in the atrium, they walked up, they said, I was ready to quit my job. I was so frustrated and mad, and, but I heard the message Sunday, and I heard that message, you were talking to me. It was like you were in my house. You heard me complaining and fussing and fighting and, and cussing and everything else. And 
least they were honest, you know. And uh, they said, but I'm going to stay tied to the post. I'm going to stay tied to the source. You got to stay plugged in. You're frustrated because you're relying on your own self. You're getting tired because you're relying on your own self. You're getting weary in your mind because you're relying on your own self and you're walking around disappointed because you're relying on yourself and on others. But if you can just stay plugged into the source. And when you do that, you'll become more excited about your future because you know God cares. My Lord. I feel this thing. You'll get more excited. I mean, you'll just be, I mean, you'll be like a race car driver down there in Concord on the right, running around. Bless the Lord. When you thought you were tired, you hit another gear. And I'm telling you, you're going again because of the productivity, the spirit of the Lord energizing in your weakness. He is what? Strong. When you feel like you're getting depressed again and suddenly you hit another gear of productivity and that joy just begins to bubble up out of you. You tap into that well in your innermost being because the Lord is your provider. Jesus is your provider. Let me tell you, you'll get excited when you understand that his plan cannot fail when you understand his heart. His plan will not fail in your life as long as you understand God's heart towards you. I'm going to say it again. He cares. He cares for you. You matter to him. Your needs matter to him. Do you know every desire, Mr. Garcia, throbbing in your heart right now, matters to the Lord? Everything you want to accomplish matters to him matters to him that you want to take care of your family. It matters to him that you want to be a blessing to others. Every desire, even in your later years, and he gives you this brilliant business idea, it matters to him. He loves you. He loves you. It's throbbing in your heart, and it's vital And important to his heart. He wants you to do it. He said I'll give you the desires of your heart. Where do you think it came from? Where do you think it came from? It came from him. Stand to your feet tonight. Pull up Psalms 3527 real quick. Let them what? Shout for joy and be glad. That favor my righteousness cause. Yeah, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified 
which have pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Jesus is your provider. He's your way maker. It ain't just a cute song. He's your provider. He's your source. He's your strength. He's everything that you need, everything you want, everything you'll need and ever want. That's who he is. How many are you going to plug into the source tonight? Has this helped you tonight? I'm just believing that God's going to give somebody some miracles between now and Sunday. going to be crazy. Crazy miracles. Crazy miracles. God's going to do it. God's going to do it. You just keep doing what you're doing. God's going to do it. He's going, I'm telling you, he's going to change everything about him, everything about y'all. He's, he, and not for the worse. It's going to be so much better. It'll be better than it's ever been. It'll be better than it's ever been. It's going, as they say in the country, it's going to get gooder and gooder and gooder. Look at my wife. She's an English major, so she... She whips me. Gooder. It's going to get better. Amen. Lift your hands. I speak blessings over your life tonight. I speak provision over your life tonight. I speak prosperity over your life tonight. And I declare you'll not be broke another day in your life. You'll have more than enough. Your cup will run over. Inventions, ideas... Business opportunities will come from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Promotions, pay increase. It will come from every direction. Because tonight you've said, the Lord is my source and my provider. We declare it. We receive it by faith. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Wow, what a powerful message from Pastor Brandon Spiker. If you've been blessed by this message, we want to encourage you to head over to www.mycornerstone.church or the Church Center app where you can share your testimony with us. We'd love to hear it. Here you can also send in any prayer requests and we also ask that you consider sowing into Cornerstone so that we can continue to reach people all around the world. While you're there, you can also check out all of our upcoming events. We have something for the entire family. Come and join us in person on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. You can also join Cornerstone Espanol, our Spanish-speaking service, on Sundays at 1 p.m. Your family is always welcome here. We love you. Thanks so much for listening. God bless.